Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I want to ask you tonight as I start, who's in charge? Who's in charge? Jesus is in charge, but who is he in charge through? Through us. He wants us to be in charge. What does he want us to be in charge of? He wants us to be in charge of our life as it relates to, um, you know, our family, our jobs, our home, our health. He wants us to be in charge in all those areas. And why is it so much that sometimes it's so hard for us to attain that? We're going to look at some things here tonight, okay? 1 Thessalonians 2.18, and this is Paul speaking right here. Listen to what Paul says. We wanted to come to you time and again, but Satan hindered us. So we know that in our life and in the goings on in our life, things that are associated with us, the enemy hinders God's people. What does... As it relates to Paul, what was hindered? God had a plan for Paul, didn't he? God had a purpose for him. God had a strategy for his life. And Satan was sent to hinder him. Well, now what we must understand, that we're God's people. We have a purpose. God has a plan. We're not Paul, but we're the individuals that God has called us to be. And we've got purpose in the earth. None of us are here without a purpose. Now, we may just hang out through life and not do what God's called us to do, but that's not His purpose. His purpose is that He lives through us. He touches people through us, and we make a difference in this world and fulfill God's plan with our life. That's so important that we understand that. So, we can say that in our own life, God gives us an assignment, and what the enemy tries to do is stop us from that assignment. But now, he cannot be successful if we do not give in to his wily ways, his schemes and devices, if we do not give in when he comes. And see, what I'm talking to you about tonight is not something frivolous. It's not something that we take for granted. It's not something that we mentally ascend to, but we don't take it to heart and practice it in our life. I see so many people, you know, in the position that I am over a lot of years that will hear the Word of God and they will mentally say, yes, amen, that's right. But then they don't take the Word of God and do something with it. Make a difference in their life. Use it to war a good warfare. Isn't that what the Bible says? War a good warfare. Well, you have to take God's Word. It's the sword of the Spirit, and that's what you war with. You warred with, uh, war with the shield of faith. You take all the weaponry that God has given you in your life, in day-to-day living, in the big things or in the small things, and you don't allow the devil to stop you. And Paul had this assignment. He had a plan for his life. 
And what the enemy wanted to do in hindering him, I looked up the word hinder. I love to do that. I do it all the time. You know, if you listen to me teach, I do. But um, the strong says it means to chop away. Well, okay, God's got an assignment. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And the enemy comes in there to just begin to chop it up, just to make a mess here, make a mess there, stir this up, you know, do, do these things. He, he just tries to chop away. And then other words for the word hinder, it means to prevent, to slow down, to block, to box in. Have you ever felt boxed in? Well, you bless God, box out of it. That's what you have to do. And that's why God's given us his word and prayer in order that we can do that and we can stand our ground. The Bible says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. I'm doing it, but the devil's still after me. Uh, he's going to continue to do that. You continue to war with the weapons that God gives you, and he has no other thing that he can do but step aside. Because God's word is true. Let God be true and every man a liar and every devil a liar too. The devil talks to you. You better answer him. No, no, I don't receive that. You're a liar. It's what you do. Amen. So God has given us a jurisdiction, if you will. He's given us a, 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 a realm of influence, a place of authority, if you will, this jurisdiction in our own life. Now, I know that people have taken, you know, what I'm going to talk about tonight, and they've taken it to the extreme. I, I believe that certain uh, prophetic gifts operating in God's people uh, allow them to go into different realms and be able to uh, to have the authority that God wants them to. I don't believe that every one of us have authority like that. But every one of us has authority in our own life in the areas that I named a little bit earlier. You have that authority. You have that sphere of influence. The enemy tries to stop you and hinder you, slow you down, box you in, whatever you want to call it. But he cannot be successful at that if you stand your ground. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. You just got to keep standing. Well, I don't want to hear that. Well, you have to do it anyway. I have to do it. You have to do it. It's not different for you than it is for me or vice versa. Amen. Now, I was thinking as, you know, I was going through this today and I was thinking about in the book of Genesis, Genesis 1, what did the Bible say in the very beginning? The Bible said, you subdue the earth and you have dominion. And that word dominion means to rule and reign. Well, what does a king do? A king rules and reigns. Doesn't the Bible say that we are a royal priesthood? And so the priesthood reigns, rules, takes authority, if you will, has the jurisdiction. And so you are a part of that royal priesthood. And so you can take your position. Now, as I'm saying this tonight, you can be sitting here, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Or yeah, it might be good for somebody else, but not me. Until you get it into your mind and your spirit that it's for you, 
nothing is going to change. It can change for other people around you, and you can stand back and get jealous or feel bad because they've got a victory and you don't. But if you do these things, you're going to come out on the other side where you need to be. Amen? So when you think about prayer, think about a position that you are in that uh, gives you the ability to rule, to reign, and the hindrances that are you're in your way that you can speak to them, that you can talk to God about them, and they can be removed out of the way because you have an authority in your life. Amen? So tonight, when I say who's in charge, who's in control, you understand what I'm talking about. And when we talk about control and we talk about jurisdiction and authority, that has to do with government, doesn't it? It's a government. This is God's government. And His government gives us a personal walk with Him, a personal relationship with Him that gives us a rulership, if you will. And we have the authority to be able to take that. When we come down here tonight and we pray, we are not just hoping that God will hear us. We're not wishing that God would hear us. We're not begging God to hear us. We're going we're gonna to cooperate with kingdom principles. We're going to take our place uh, in the kingdom of God. We're going to take our seat in the he heavenly realm, if you will. And we're going to see and, and, uh, and uh, realize some things that God wants to happen in our church and in our land. Amen? To govern means to direct or control. Well, I don't have any control over that. Well, I understand that. Uh, to some degree. Now, if I'm not talking about you have rulership and, and uh, governmental responsibility over someone else. I'm talking about your own life and your own sphere of influence, your family, you know, that kind of thing. I am not, and even that, at that, your kids get a certain age and, you know, they're responsible before the Lord. But I, so I'm not talking about your rulership over other believers. That is not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about your personal relationship with God and what that means as far as your responsibility and the empowerment that God has given you. It also means to regulate by authority. We need to be regulating some things in our life instead of just letting them happen. Amen. Our government, our government makes regulations all the time. We've got so many regulations, we're restricted, and we can't do anything. I, I could get on my gripe and, you know, I, like washing dishes, your dishwasher, they've changed the dishwasher, you know, all the guidelines related to, I guess, environmentally, what it can and cannot be. In my dishes, I couldn't even get them clean in the dishwasher. I finally found something that did. But it's because they changed everything because of regulations. So that's not the kind of regulations we're talking about. It means to influence. You need to be influencing your life instead of letting circumstances of life dictate what is going to be in your life. It means to direct, it means to restrain, it means to steer or regulate the course of. Well, the devil's going to hinder and he's going to take you, nope, nope, 
I see what you're doing. I recognize it. I bind your power. I do not allow that. Whatever you allow is allowed. Whatever you disallow is disallowed. Isn't that what the Bible says? So you take that position and you do what you need to do. It also means to maintain the superiority. Now think about that. Well, the devil's running all over me. Bless his holy name. Now, what does that mean? That was some old person that was, you know, thinking they were praising the Lord, but they were just talking about the devil and then just add on the end of it, bless his holy name. <laughs> well, some of you get it, some of you don't. But anyway, we have a superiority. You know, it, it, the Bible even talks about Job, uh, not Job, but Daniel in the book of Psalms, and it says that he was superior over all the, the people in Babylon. He was superior. And see, we need to get that in our hearts and our minds. We are superior. Now, I'm not talking about in a way that we act haughty or prideful. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about we're created in God's image. Our spirit has been recreated in the Lord. We're washed in the blood of Jesus. We're not like everyone else. We're not like everyone else. And, you know, have you ever had somebody say, well, you know, you're just not like anybody I know. Have you ever had anybody tell you that? Well, why? Because there's something in us that makes us different. It makes us stand out. Daniel stood out. And if you're a Christian, you're to stand out. You're not to be run over by the enemy. You're to take your position and do what God wants you to do. Amen? So... You need to govern your world, your thoughts. Now there's something, govern your thoughts. Yeah, govern your thoughts. Your thoughts can get you in trouble because what you dwell on and what you think about is where it's gonna take you if you don't get your mind on the right things. How do people commit adultery and how do they Steal? How do how do they do that? Because they've got a thought life, and and it just keep. You know how your mind is; it can just keep going over and over and over. Well, you got to govern your thought life. You got to govern your home. You know, I was just thinking about. You know how you'll have the TV on sometimes, and it's like you're watching something, and you think, and it's like, whoa! The first next thing you know, there's violation. You know what I'm saying? You got to govern that house. You don't just let any, and with your kids, now I could really get here. You cannot turn your kids loose in this world. You better look in on what's going on in their life and what they're into and what they're looking at and what they're hearing. Parents can do something about that. Well, the devil's just taken over. No, you govern. You take the uh, jurisdiction and the rulership in your home and you set the tone and you say what will be and what, what, what won't be. Because before God, you're going to give an account for what goes on. We got to raise our kids and we got to raise them right. Amen? Amen? So anyway, govern your world when it comes to your thoughts, your house, your finances, your health, on and on and on. Amen? Amen. Um, I heard this story, and I'm going to tell you about it. It was in the Pentecostal Evangel, which is an old 
something really old. I don't know what year because it, it didn't state it when I read the story. But anyway, it, it talked about, I think it was in an Arizona desert, and they were there, and uh, a family uh, had moved there, husband, wife, and, you know, probably four or five kids, something like that. They had moved into that Arizona desert area, planted uh, a garden, you know, gonna, that's going to be their livelihood, all of that. And there was a, a terrible, terrible storm that happened. And when it did, it tore off the, uh, probably about half of the roof of their home. Uh, it, they had a chicken house. It tore it down, killed, you know, the chickens. There were dead chickens laying everywhere, feathers everywhere from that. Just every, the things that they had had uh, been destroyed. But in this story, it was talking about they went out to where the chicken coop was or house, whatever you call it, whatever it is. But they were uh, out there standing, you know, just kind of surveying and looking over the area. In a few minutes, they started, all the, the boards were that were laying all over the place, they started moving. You know, those boards started moving and up out of it. it took it a little while, but up out of the, the rum, uh, rubble that was there, an old rooster came up out of there. And that he had a hard time getting from under that stack, but he just kept working until he got up there. When he got up there, you know, a lot of his feathers were gone. He looked pitiful and uh, scratched up, you know, everything, but he just came up out of there and that old rooster was not going to be kept down. Well, that's what we need to do. We don't need to let the rubble of life keep us down under the boards and the planks that have fallen on top of us. We need to keep working until we get up out of there. And we may not have the feathers that we once had, but they'll grow back. <laughs> and you just go ahead and be that old rooster and you just take your position and don't let things get you down. And sometimes that's what we have to do in life because things will close in on us, but that doesn't mean we're finished. It means that we just got to get up again and keep on going. Amen. Um, Romans 8, uh, 37 says that we're more than conquerors. 1 Peter 2, 9 says we're called the royal priesthood and we're encompassed about with a shield of favor. And I want you to think about that. I'm going to hurry right here. But I want you to think about you are more than a conqueror. You're not just a conqueror. You are more than one because the heavenly father through Jesus Christ fought a battle, won the victory. He was the conqueror. He gave you the victory and now you're more than a conqueror. And that's who you are. And then also this shield of favor. If you read in the book of Psalms, it says we're encompassed about with a shield of favor. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about your life and your, well, nobody ever does anything for me. Nobody really likes me. You know, that's not biblical at all. Get up, you old rooster. Get out from under all that stuff and understand who you are in Christ. And you've got a shield of favor that is all about you. It, it, it encircles you. It encircles you. Wherever you go, your shield is out there. You know, I've been in situations where I felt like I wasn't treated properly. I felt like um, 
that I was maybe uh, taken advantage of, you know, all of that. But you know what? I'm not letting that dictate my life to me and who I am and have a uh, complex over that. I've got my shield of favor. I don't care what they did. I'm going out here and there's going to be favor in front of me, to the rear of me, to the sides. It's all around me. And you've got it too. But you need to act like it. You know, in my, my daily Bible reading in the book of James, it says if you have faith, you've got to have actions to go with it. So it's not just enough to see it and say, oh, yeah, I believe that. You've got to act like it, too. You've got to act some things out. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right. Second um, Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2. Pray the word will have free course and will be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Who said that? Paul said that. You can see the hindering of the enemy. And Paul said, I want you to pray. Pray what? Pray that the word will have free course. We need to be praying that in this church. I know the people that pray in the prayer room, the prayer team, they pray that. But we all need to pray. The word of the Lord will have free course. Why? Because the enemy wants to hinder it. In our, in our day, he really wants to hinder it. Because he doesn't want the word out. He wants people being deceived. I've never seen a time that so many people are deceived and even God's people are under a cloud of deception. And if, you, if you're not a person of the word and check things out like the Berean believers did, be a Berean believer, and you don't just listen to everything, but you check it out in the word, you can be deceived. You can. We don't have to be afraid of it, but we need to have a warning of it and understand that you can get out of it. Amen. So pray that the word will have free course and will be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Unreasonable and wicked men are who the hindering spirits work through. Now, men are not our enemies. You know, we, sometimes we think that. Well, they're our enemy. No, no, it's the enemy, the devil himself. He is the hinderer. He is the enemy, but he sure can use people. So we need to understand that, not get mad, not mistreat and do all of that, but understand there's demon powers behind what people do to fight the work of God, where the word of God cannot have free course. Amen. As I end tonight, I want to end with this quote. I love this by Andrew Murray. Each time before you intercede, be quiet first and worship God in his glory. Think of what he can do and how he delights to hear the prayers of his redeemed. Think about that. That pleases the Lord when he hears us pray. And think about he wants to do good for us. And then think of your place and privilege in Christ. We have the privilege of praying. God, he didn't have to, but he gave us a way and a means to receive from him. And I think it was John Wesley who said, it seems like God will do nothing except a man would pray. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. 
If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.